أَفَرَأَيْتَ Have you seen الَّذِي The one who كَفَرَ He has disbelieved بِآيَاتِنَا With our ayat Have you seen the person who disbelieves in our ayat meaning he rejects the Qur'an وَقَالَ And he said لَأُوتَيَنَّ Surely I will definitely be given لَأُوتَيَنَّ From the root letters Hamzata Yeah He says that surely I will definitely be given malan wealth wa and walada children. This is a continuation of the previous theme, which was that the mushrikeen, those who disbelieved in the Prophet ﷺ, they mocked at the believers. They said, if you are upon the truth, then why is it that you are in such a terrible situation today? Financially, politically, we are stronger than you. So if we are better off than you in worldly terms, then we must be right. And this thought was refuted. And over here, again this is mentioned, that have you considered the situation of the person who rejects the Qur'an, and he thinks, he says, that I will definitely be given wealth and children. Meaning, he says this out of pride, he says this mockingly, that if there is an afterlife, if there is a next life, then I will be good there as well. Because I am in a good condition right now, God is very happy with me, and if there is resurrection, then everything will be good for me. Does this remind you of something? What? Exactly. Surah Al-Kahf, the story of the man who had two gardens. He said, I don't think that there will be a day of judgment. I don't think I'm going back to my Lord. And even if I were to go back, then you know what? I'm definitely a good person. I deserve wealth. I deserve all of this, which is why I have it now. And because I deserve it, I will also have it later. And this is something that many people are deceived by. They think that just because they are in a good condition right now, this is how they will be forever. At-tala'a. Allah asks, A did at-tala'a. He look into. Did he look into? And ittala'a is from the root letters ta lam ain. Tala'a literally means to rise. And then from this, ittala'a is to rise, meaning go up a little bit and then look down into something. You know, for instance, when you want to have a good look at something, what do you do? You look at it from above. Right? So from this, ittala'a is to become aware of something. To get to know about something. So Attala'a, did he look into, did he come to know of, did he rise and look into Al-Ghayba, the unseen? What is the unseen over here? The future. Meaning, on what basis is this person claiming that he will be in a good condition later on as well? Did he look into the future? Am or ittakhada, he has taken, عند Rahman near the most merciful, ahdan a covenant. Meaning, or does he have a promise that the most merciful, meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made with him, that guarantees that he will be in paradise, that he will definitely be in a good condition in the afterlife as well. The truth of the matter is that no person knows what their state will be tomorrow. No person knows what their condition will be tomorrow. And tomorrow means tomorrow in this life and also tomorrow as in Afterlife. No person knows. Even the Prophet ﷺ, he said about himself, وَمَا أَدْرِي مَا يُفْعَلُ بِي وَلَا بِكُمْ I do not know what will be done with me, nor do I know what will be done with you. 
In other words, I do not know the fate of neither myself nor of you. Allah knows. Allah knows the eventual outcome, the eventual result of each and every individual. Now if you think about it, thinking like this, that I will be good later on as well. I'm perfect right now, I'm good. What does this prevent a person from doing? Hmm? Striving. It prevents a person from self-reflection. Right? It prevents him from looking at his own faults, looking at his own mistakes, and then fixing himself. He thinks, I'm good, I'm perfect. There's nothing wrong with me. I deserve all of this. And and this is something from shaitan. That a person thinks he's perfect, he doesn't need to work on anything, he doesn't need to improve, and he forgets about his mistakes, he forgets about his errors. Allah says, Kalla, no. Meaning this is not true. This person will not be in a good state tomorrow. سَنَكْتُبُ مَا يَقُولُ We will record what he is saying. Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded His angels to record everything that a person says. So these words that are uttered by man, even they are recorded. And if you think about it, if a person, his words are recorded, alright, then later on when he's questioned about it, why did you say this? Can he deny that I never said this? Can he deny? No. You know, this is why in court, when there's a dispute, witnesses are taken, right? A testimony is taken. And for example, if there's an audio recording or a video recording, right? That serves as testimony. And once you have a recording, what does that mean? That you can't deny. You can't deny your mistakes. So, سَنَكْتُبُ ma yaqul. We are recording what he is saying. And he won't be able to deny it later. وَنَمُدُّ لَهُ And we are extending for him. We will extend for him. مِنَ الْعَذَابِ From the punishment, مَدَّ An extension. Meaning we will extend his punishment extensively. He thinks he will be in a good condition later. He is deceived. Because what a person does in his life, that is what he will be rewarded or punished for later on in the afterlife. So this person has forgotten his sins, he's forgotten his errors, he thinks he's perfect. The reality is that وَنَمُدُّ لَهُ مِنَ الْعَذَابِ He's not receiving any wealth and children later. What is he receiving? Extensive punishment. What does it mean by this? Extensive punishment. Meaning a never-ending punishment. An ever-intensifying punishment. فَلَنْ نَزِيدَكُمْ إِلَّا Adaba, we shall never increase for you in anything except punishment. Wanarithuhu, and we shall inherit him. Mayakulu in what he mentions. Meaning he says he has wealth, he has children, he will have it later as well. He has this feeling of entitlement. The fact is that it does not belong to him. He has it right now. But very soon what's going to happen? He's going to leave all what he has. And this is a reality of every human being. Just because we own money right now, it doesn't mean we're going to have it later as well. Just because we have many friends right now, great family right now, doesn't mean we will have forever. No. وَنَرِثُهُ مَا يَقُولُ We shall inherit him regarding what he says, meaning of wealth and children. His wealth, his children... Everything that he's so proud of, that he boasts about, it will all end up with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
وَيَأْتِينَا And he will come to us. Meaning this man will reach Allah. How? فَرْدَا All alone. Individually. Meaning then when he will come to Allah, when he is answerable for all that he has done and said, he will not bring along with him his money. He will not bring along with him his children. وَيَأْتِينَا فَرْدَا Notice the word فَرْد. Farda is from the root letters فَرَادَال And فَرْد It means alone, individual. But this word, you know, it doesn't have any special connotation to it. So it's basically used to describe, you know, a person who is alone with no special status, no rank, no value. He's got nothing with him. He's empty-handed. He doesn't even have any dignity. Nothing. No honor. Nothing at all. وَيَأْتِينَ farda. And this is the reality of every person. When he will come on the day of judgment to face his Lord, how will he be? Will he have his credit card with him? Will he have all of his membership cards with him? Will he have all of his titles with him? Will he be addressed by those titles? Doctor so-and-so and Sheikh so-and-so. No, nothing like that. وَيَأْتِينَ farda Alone. With nothing that will give him any kind of significance, any kind of importance. وَيَأْتِينَا farda, Because all the things that bring us importance in this life, what are they? Material. Degrees, money, right? But remember that with the end of this world, the things that we have will also come to an end. So we are facing our Lord with nothing from this dunya, but with everything of our deeds. This is how we're going to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَيَأْتِينَا farda. And regardless of how rich a person is, how much power and how much authority he has, remember, each and every one of us is going to leave what we have. We're going to leave it behind. We're going to leave it. Just the other day I saw a video of um, King Abdullah's burial. May Allah have mercy on him. It was such a simple burial. So simple. In the graveyard, so many people, and they weren't like hundreds and thousands, maybe a few hundred, maybe maximum. And such a simple burial. And this is really the beauty of our deen, that simplicity, it reminds us of our reality. And really what I was thinking was that, you know, the king, someone who had so much honor, so much honor, MashaAllah, you know, amazing. But what happens? No matter what we have, our ultimate end is what? The grave. Our ultimate end is the grave. And somebody else will come and take our position. Because one of the persons who was involved in the burial was also the new king. Right? He also helped lower the body in the grave. This is reality. I recommend all of you Google that video and watch it. Because they show the entire burial, how the body is brought and how it is put in the grave. This is something that we need to remember. We forget this reality that one day we are going to leave what we have, we're going to end up in our grave. وَيَأْتِينَا farda. He is going to come to us all alone. وَاتَّخَذُوا And they have taken مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Besides Allah آلِهَةً False deities. Who? Many people have done this. Many people have done this, that they have made up false gods. They call certain individuals or certain things or certain objects or certain beings, they call them God, and they have no 
authority to do that, no proof for that. وَاتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ آلِهَةً And why is it they have taken multiple gods? What's the reason? لِيَكُونُوا So that they become, meaning these false gods become, لَهُمْ for them, meaning for these people, عِزَّ Honor, meaning a source of honor. عِزَّن From the root letters, عَيْن زَي زَي And عِزَّ One of the meanings is also honor and dignity. So why is it that so many people have taken multiple gods for worship? The reason behind that? So that these gods are a source of honor for them. What does this mean? You see, many polytheistic religions, they believe that there is one supreme God. Right? One supreme creator. Alright? But then along with that belief, they also believe in other gods. Why? Because they say these gods are a means of drawing closer to the Supreme Creator, to the Supreme God. They are a source of connecting us to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The mushrikeen of Arabia, they had the same belief. In Surah Al-Zumar, Ayah 3, Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا مِن دُونِهِ أَوْلِيَاءَ مَا نَعْبُدُهُمْ إِلَّا لِيُقَرِّبُونَ إِلَى اللَّهِ زُلْفَا Those whom they take as gods besides Allah, they say that we only worship them so that they may bring us nearer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in position. We worship them so that we can draw closer to Allah. Likewise, they would say that these are our intercessors. They request for us. They intercede for us. We go and sacrifice something for their sake so that they will you know, present our wish before Allah. Because Allah doesn't listen to us. He will listen to you know, such and such person or such and such prophet or such and such angel. So we are pleasing this angel so that this angel will request for us. We are asking Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will ask for us. Somehow the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa will hear our supplication to him in his grave. This is what they say. Allah says, Kalla, never. Not possible. Absolutely not. Meaning, they are in delusion. They are in delusion. Because these gods, or these beings whom they go to, they can never be a source of honor for them. They are in fact a source of humiliation and disgrace for them. Especially on the Day of Judgment. How? سَيَكْفُرُونَ بِعِبَادَتِهِمْ They will deny their worship. Meaning all those beings whom they worship today, whether it's a man or an object or an animal or a planet or the sun, whatever it may be. What is it going to do on the Day of Judgment? It's going to deny. It's going to reject the worship that was dedicated to them. Like for example in Surah Al-Ma'idah, we learned about Isa a.s. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will ask Isa a.s. أَأَنْتَ قُلْتَ لِلنَّاسِ Did you say to the people that worship me, take me and my mother as God? What will Isa a.s. say? What will he say? Yes, I told them. I don't mind. They had good intentions. What will he say? No. This is not what I told them. And he will not stop there. He will continue. And he will say, I only told people to worship Allah alone. So سَيَكْفُرُونَ بِعِبَادَتِهِمْ Every being that is worshipped besides Allah on the day of judgment, it's going to reject. It's going to reject the worship that was dedicated to it. وَيَكُونُونَ And they will become. Who will become? 
these gods will become anyone who is worshipped besides Allah. They will become alayhim against them. Against who? Their worshippers. The people who worship them. They will become to their worshippers ضِدَّ Opponents. ضِدَّ From the root letters, ضَاد دَال دَال ضِد What does ضِد mean? It means opposite. Right? Opposite. And ضِد is then used for an adversary. Someone who's on the opposite side. Right? Someone who's against you. Someone who's turned against you. Someone who's hostile to you. So on the day of judgment, all of these gods will turn against their worshippers. They will argue against them. They're not going to help them. They're not going to defend them. No, they're going to reject their worship and they're going to oppose them and they're going to completely abandon them. They're going to leave them. And imagine the disgrace then. Imagine the humiliation then. You see, the fact is that the only one that deserves worship is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the one who deserves that we place our trust upon Him, entire trust upon Him. We expect every good from Him. If we have made a mistake, we turn to Him. We seek His pleasure. He deserves that. We love Him the most. We fear Him the most. And when a person directs any of this to other than Allah, then this is a source of humiliation and disgrace and disappointment for Him. مَنْ أَحَبَّ اللَّهَ أَنِسَ بِهِ وَمَنْ أَحَبَّ غَيْرَ اللَّهُ عُذِّبَ بِهِ The one who loves other than Allah, then he will be tortured through it. He will be tortured through it. And this is the torture that we see here. That people forget Allah and they get lost in other beings. They expect from them, they make dua to them, they love them the most, they fear them the most. They're striving to earn their pleasure. But what will happen on the Day of Judgment? The same beings will turn against them. What torture? Allah says, أَلَمْ تَرَى Have you not seen? أَنَّا That indeed we. Do you not know that indeed we أَرْسَلْنَا We sent. الشَّيَاطِينَ The devils. Shayateen plural of? Shaytan. Meaning we let the shayateen go. We let them go. We let them take control over. Over who? عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ Over the disbelievers. What does this mean? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends shayateen to the disbelievers to lead them astray? And one might wonder that, what's their fault? If Allah is sending shaytan, then what's their fault? What it means over here is that there are some people whom Allah protects from shaytan. Allah protects them. How? That shaytan can never get the better of them. Shaytan tries to deceive them, tries to lead them astray. But what happens? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives tawfiq to that person. He remembers, he realizes mistake, he turns to Allah, Allah saves him. But then there are some other people who are not protected from shaytan. Allah lets shaytan mislead those individuals. Why? Because these individuals do not seek Allah's protection. They don't want that protection. So, أَلَمْ تَرَ أَنَّا أَرُسَلْنَا الشَّيَاطِينَ عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ And what do these shayateen do? تَأُزُّهُمْ أَزَّا تَأُزُّهُمْ They incite them. Who incites them? The shayateen incite the disbelievers. أَزَّا with incitement. Meaning with constant incitement. أَزَّ تَأُزُّ What's the root? Hamza, زَاي, زَاي أَزَّ 
literally means to make a hissing sound. Right? To make a hissing or to make a wheezing sound. Like for example, a cooking pot. Alright? If the liquid inside is boiling and the lid is on, then what will happen? Okay, forget a cooking pot. Kettle. What will happen? Will you hear any sound? Right? Because there's pressure inside, right? So you'll hear that sound. That sound is called az. Likewise, when a person is crying, but softly, they're trying to keep their tears inside, but that crying, obviously, there's going to be some sound. Right? So the Prophet ﷺ, when he would pray in the night, he would recite the Qur'an, he would cry. And that crying was described as, كَانَ يُصَلِّ وَلِجَوْفِهِ أَزِيزٌ أَزِيزٌ He would pray, and you could hear, you know, Aziz, like very soft crying sound coming from inside. He wouldn't cry out loud because that would disturb his wife. Then from this Aziz, not Aziz, Aziz with the Hamza, Aziz is when fire, alright, in wood, it's in motion, right? Meaning it's burning fiercely, it's creating noise. So flame, you know, when it's burning fiercely, is there any sound? Is there any sound? There is, right? And that sound is also, it's subtle, it's soft, but it's there. And from this, az-zannar is to make the fire burn fiercely. And when the fire is burning fiercely, or when someone is crying inside, or when, you know, a cooking pot, the food inside is bubbling, then what's going to happen? What does it mean? That there is a lot of commotion inside. There's a lot of feelings inside, which is why a person is crying like that. There is a lot of food, there is a lot of pressure inside, which is why you can hear the cooking pot, right? The fire is moving fiercely, which is why you can hear the flames moving, right? So, as is basically to provoke, to incite, alright? Very gently, in a very cunning way, but incite and provoke and put something into a state of you know, motion. Put something into motion. Put something into a state of commotion. Alright? So, these disbelievers, what happens to them? They're sitting perfectly fine in the gathering of the Prophet ﷺ. He's reciting the Qur'an, they're listening to him, and then all of a sudden, you see one of them getting so upset, getting so angry, and just going off at the Prophet ﷺ. And this happened numerous times. You know, has it ever happened with you that, that you're sitting with somebody and all of a sudden somebody gets upset and they're just yelling and upset and they're, you know, talking bad about you? Like, what happened? What happened? Why are you behaving like that? So, remember when the Prophet ﷺ called everybody at Mount Safa, right? And then he addressed them and people were listening to him. All of a sudden, what happened to Abu Lahab? Or Abu Jahl, they just went off against the Prophet ﷺ, right? And this would happen numerous times. That everything's normal, everything's good, and all of a sudden one disbeliever, he just gets up, he starts getting upset, and he becomes very violent against the believers, against the Prophet ﷺ. Like remember that incident where Umar anhu, when he was not a Muslim, when he was still a mushrik, what happened? He just got really upset. He picked up his sword and he said, you know what, I'm going to go and finish this man off. And he's walking towards the Prophet ﷺ where he was in order to kill him. All of a sudden, from nowhere. Right? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet ﷺ why 
the mushrikeen react in this way. Why they behave in this way? It's because shaitan goes and incites them. Shaitan goes and incites them. And you may have experienced this in your own home or, you know, or sometimes in very calm situations. Everything is fine. And as soon as you want to start, you know, doing something good like, you know, pray your salah or recite some Quran, then what happens? You receive a fiery message. And it just upsets you. Or you get a phone call. Or child, of course, children, classic example. Always happens. Always happens. You tell yourself, I'm going to wake up early and pray. And then what happens? Right then your baby starts crying. Right? Or maybe it's not with salah, but with food. As soon as a mother you know, makes her plate and sits down, what happens? One child has to go to the bathroom and another child has, you know, they're hungry and another one got hurt and something else happened and her food is just sitting cold. Right? So shaitan creates these problems for us. Why? So that we get upset. We get hurt. We get annoyed because he loves to see us hurt. He loves to see us hurt. So much so that as soon as a baby is born, what does shaitan do? Smack. He physically hits the baby. You know that? Physically. We learned this from hadith. Imagine a baby. Recently I was talking to somebody and they were telling me that a baby was being born. Alright? And the head had just come out and the baby was crying already. Meaning the baby had not even been fully delivered that the baby was crying. What does that mean? Shaitan didn't even wait for the baby to come out. Hit the baby right away. Because he loves to see us upset. He loves to see us worked up. He loves to see us angry. Because when we are not calm inside, then what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to behave very nicely? No, no. What happens to a mother when she's really wants to eat her food and one child is pulling from there and the other child is pulling from there? She gets so upset, she almost, you know, hits her child. Right? So shaitan loves to see us in that condition. The Prophet ﷺ is being told over here, understand the situation. When a mushrik is behaving in this way, realize it's from shaitan. So what do you need to do? You need to relax. You need to say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajim. You need to do dhikr of Allah. You need to stay calm and confident because then shaitan cannot hurt you. Then shaitan cannot harm you. فَلَا تَعْجَلْ عَلَيْهِمْ So do not be impatient over them. Meaning do not rush. Be patient. This angry man, this very emotionally charged man, what's going to happen? Soon he will calm down. You relax. فَلَا تَعْجَلْ عَلَيْهِمْ And them refers to the mushrikeen. إِنَّمَا Indeed not but نَعُدُّ لَهُمْ We are only counting for them. عَدَّ A limited number. Meaning, their days, their nights are counted, their actions are being listed. We have a full record of all that they're doing. Don't worry, everything's with Allah. So you relax, you stay calm. Yawma, the day when Nahshuru, we shall gather. Al-Muttaqeen, the righteous people. Don't worry. This phase will be over. And very soon, a day will come when we will gather the Muttaqeen, those people who fear Allah. And they will be gathered ila Rahman. And they'll be taken to Ar-Rahman, the most merciful. How will they be taken? 
Wafda as a delegation. Wafd from the root letters wow fa dal, and wafd is basically a group of people. All right, a group of people that have come as a delegation. So they're basically representing someone else. All right, and they're being taken in as guests. Right, you remember wafd of Najran. The delegation that came from Najran, a group of Christians that came from Najran to visit the Prophet ﷺ, right? So wafd is delegation. Now think about it. From different countries, delegations go. Groups of people go. Representatives go. Right? For big, big meetings to different countries. This is wafd. So on the Day of Judgment, those people who fear Allah... They will be taken as dignitaries, as a delegation, not alone individually, but in a group of people who are like them. And they'll be taken to Ar-Rahman, the Most Merciful, as if they are His guests. As if they are Allah's guests. Meaning on the Day of Judgment, the journey of those who have fear of Allah will be how? What kind of a journey will it be? An honorable journey. A journey in which they will be dignified. A journey in which they will not be alone. Because we learned that as a person will rise from his grave, he will be taken to the place of gathering. And for some people, what will happen as they will come out of their grave, you know, there will be something to transport them. Some people will be pulled. وَالسِّيقَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا They will be pulled. Some people will be driven, meaning they'll be made to ride on something, and they'll be taken to Ar-Rahman in a very honorable and dignified way. And wafd also means that they will not be alone. So just imagine a group of, you know, for example, family members that were all muttaqeen. Or for instance, friends who were together, they were all muttaqeen. They're taken together to Ar-Rahman. وَنَسُوقُ And we shall drive. سِينْ قَافْ Meaning, they will be urged on, they will be pushed forward, they will be led. Who? Al-Mujrimin, the criminals. On the other hand, the criminals, they will be led ila jahannam, to hellfire. How? Wirda, in thirst. Wird, wow, ra, dal. Wird, warid, we learned earlier, right? What is this? When a person goes to a watering place. And it's also when camels or you know, animals, they're being taken to a watering place. They're led. So just imagine, camels or something like that, they're being led by someone to a watering place. And then they're left. So the criminals, they will be led to hellfire and handed over to the khazin, the keeper of hellfire. La yamlikuna. They will not have the power. They will not have any ability to do what? A shafara, any intercession. Meaning, there will be no intercession for them, nor will they be able to intercede for others. No person will have the authority to intercede that day. Illa except manitakhada, the one who has taken indar rahman near the most merciful ahda, a promise. Meaning the one who has a promise with Allah. And what is that promise? Meaning a promise, a commitment that was fulfilled. You see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَوْفُوا بِعَهْدِي 
اوفی بی Right? You fulfill your promise, meaning the promise that you've made with me, and I will fulfill my promise, meaning the promise that I've made with you. It's both ways. Right? What is the ahd that all of us have made with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? أَلَسْتُ بِرَبِّكُمْ قَالُوا بَلَى We all have promised that Allah, you are our Lord, and we shall worship only you. This is a promise that all of us have made. Because remember that we are the creation, He is the creator. And there's a silent bond between the creator and the creation. Right? Some people, they hide this bond, so they kafara, they disbelieve. And other people, they realize this bond and they live it. They fulfill this promise. So the one who has taken with the most merciful an ahd, meaning the one who has fulfilled his part of the promise, who is upon tawheed, who worshipped Allah alone, He will be allowed to intercede that day, if Allah wills. So you understand, on the day of judgment, nobody can walk up and say, well, oh Allah, please don't throw this person in hellfire. Please forgive all of us and let us all go to paradise. No, it's not going to work like that. We don't realize how serious that day is. When the creation will be full of fear, afraid, terrified, absolutely terrified. And on that day, no one will be able to speak even. In Surah Al-Naba, we learn about that, right? No person will be able to speak except for the one whom Allah allows. So, لا يملكون الشفاعة إلا من اتخذ عند الرحمن عهدا. Let's listen to the recitation of these ayat. أفرأيت الذي كفر بآياتنا وقال لأوتين مالا وولدا أطلع الغيب أم اتخذ عند الرحمن عهدا كلا سنكتب ما يقول ونمد له من العذاب مدا ونرثه ما يقول ويأتينا فردا واتخذوا من دون الله آلهة ليكونوا لهم عزا كلا سيكفرون بعبادتهم ويكونون عليهم ضدا ألم تر أنا أرسلنا الشياطين على الكافرين تؤزهم أزا فلا تعجل عليهم إنما نعد لهم عدا يوم نحشر المتقين إلى الرحمن وفدا ونسوق المجرمين إلى جهنم وردا لا يملكون الشفاعة إلا من اتخذ عند الرحمن عهدا 